0: Welcome to the DCAT Value Chain Insights Podcast, presented by the Drug, Chemical, and Associated Technologies Association, where you'll hear specially selected articles from our website that feature in-depth analysis on the issues impacting the business of pharmaceutical development and manufacturing. In this podcast, we feature DCAT Value Chain Insights Top 10 Watchlist for Biologics and Biomanufacturing. For the text version of this article, visit DCATVCI.org. This podcast is supported by Cordon Pharma, your one-partner CDMO, for the contract development and manufacturing of APIs, drug products, and associated packaging services. For more information, visit CordonPharma.com. Now let's begin a top 10 watch list, Biologics and Biomanufacturing by Patricia Van Arnum, DCAT editorial director. Vaccines, historically a commoditized sector, have risen to the top of the industry's watch list as the race for a vaccine against the novel coronavirus is on. What else is on DCAT Value Chains Insights Top 10 watchlist for biologics and biomanufacturing? The top 10 watch list. 1. Vaccines the race for a vaccine against the novel coronavirus. Vaccines historically more of a commoditized sector have taken on heightened importance as pharmaceutical companies, academic institutions, and research centers work to develop a vaccine against COVID-19. A recent article in Nature Review's Drug Discovery noted that as of April 8, 2020, global COVID-19 vaccine research and development included 115 vaccine candidates of which 78 were confirmed as active, and 37 were unconfirmed. Development status cannot be determined from publicly available or proprietary information sources. Of the 78 confirmed active projects, 73 are currently at exploratory or preclinical stages. Key announced projects by the large pharmaceutical companies include Johnson & Johnson, which reports, as of late March 2020, that it has selected a lead COVID-19 vaccine candidate for which it expects to initiate phase one clinical studies by September, 2020. The company expects to initiate human clinical studies of its lead vaccine candidate at the latest by September, 2020, and anticipates the first batches of a COVID-19 vaccine could be available for emergency use authorization in early 2021 a substantially accelerated time frame in comparison to the typical vaccine development process. Through a new partnership with the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS and JNJ have committed more than $1 billion of investment to co-fund vaccine research, development, and clinical testing. In April 2020, Pfizer finalized a collaboration worth up to $748 million million up front, with BioNTech, a Maine's Germany-based biopharmaceutical company for the co-development and distribution, excluding China, of a potential mRNA-based coronavirus vaccine aimed at preventing COVID-19 infection. The two companies plan to jointly conduct clinical trials for the COVID-19 vaccine candidates initially in the U.S. and Europe across multiple sites. BioNTech and Pfizer say they intend to initiate the first clinical trials as early as the end of April 2020, assuming regulatory clearance. Also in April 2020, Sanofi and GlaxoSmithKline signed a letter of intent to develop an adjuvanted vaccine for COVID-19 using technology from both companies. Sanofi will contribute its S-protein COVID-19 antigen, which is based on recombinant DNA technology and which has provided an exact genetic match to proteins found on the surface of the virus. The DNA sequence encoding this antigen has been combined into the DNA of the baculovirus expression platform, the basis of Sanofi's licensed recombinant influenza product in the U.S. GSK will contribute its pandemic adjuvant technology. The use of an adjuvant can be of particular importance in a pandemic situation since it may reduce the amount of vaccine protein required per dose, thereby allowing more vaccine doses to be produced. The companies plan to initiate Phase one clinical trials in the second half of 2020 and, subject to regulatory considerations, are aiming to complete the development required for availability by the second half of 2021. In a separate deal, Sanofi and Translate Bio, a clinical stage messenger RNA, or mRNA, therapeutics company, formed a licensing agreement in March 2020 to develop a novel mRNA vaccine for COVID-19. This collaboration leverages an existing agreement from 2018 between the two companies to develop mRNA vaccines for infectious diseases. Among smaller companies, Moderna Therapeutics, a company specializing in messenger RNA therapeutics and vaccines, announced an agreement in April 2020 for a commitment of up to $483 million from the Biomedical Advanced Research Development Authority to accelerate development of the company's mRNA vaccine candidate, or mRNA-1273, against the novel coronavirus. A Phase I study of mRNA-1273 is being conducted by the U.S. National Institutes of Health. Inovio Pharmaceuticals, a Plymouth-Meeting, Pennsylvania-based pharmaceutical company, reports that the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has accepted the company's investigational new drug, IND, application for INO4800, its DNA vaccine candidate designed to prevent COVID-19 infection. The company was scheduled to begin Phase 1 clinical testing of INO 4800 and in healthy volunteers beginning April 6, 2020. 2. Vaccine Manufacturing, Technology, and Scale-Up Just as important as successfully developing an effective vaccine against COVID-19 is having the ability to scale up manufacturing to meet demand for a COVID-19 vaccine. A case in point is JNJ which with the announcement of its plan to initiate clinical trials of a lead COVID-19 vaccine candidate also announced a manufacturing plan JNJ announced it is expanding its global manufacturing capacity including through the establishment of US vaccine manufacturing capabilities and scaling up capacity in other countries the company says that the additional capacity will assist in the rapid production of a vaccine and will enable the supply of more than one billion doses of a vaccine. Three, biologic-based antivirals against the novel coronavirus. Equally important as a vaccine against COVID-19 are potential treatments to reduce, mitigate, or alleviate the harmful effects of the COVID-19 infection. Antivirals, both small molecules and biologics, are being evaluated as potential treatments. One biologic based antiviral under development is Sanofi's and Regeneron pharmaceuticals, Kevzara. Sanofi reported in March 2020 that the first patient outside of the U.S. has been treated as part of a global clinical program evaluating Kevzara in patients hospitalized with severe COVID 19. The global clinical program was also initiated in Italy, Spain, Germany, France. Canada, Russia, and the U.S. Sanofi is leading trials outside the U.S., while Regeneron is leading U.S. trials. This is the second multi-center, double-blind, phase two and three trial as part of the Kevzara COVID-19 program. And the companies say that they are continuing to work with authorities around the world to secure initiation at additional sites. Kevzara is a fully human monoclonal antibody that inhibits the interleukin-6, or IL-6, pathway by binding and blocking the IL-6 receptor. IL-6 may play a role in driving the overactive inflammatory response in the lungs of patients who are severely or critically ill with COVID-19 infection, according to information from the companies. The role of IL-6 is supported by preliminary data from a single-arm study in China using another IL-6 receptor inhibitor. CSL Bearing and SAB Biotherapeutics, a Sioux Falls, South Dakota-based clinical-stage biopharmaceutical company, have partnered in the development of SAB-185, a COVID-19 therapeutic candidate on track for clinical evaluation by early summer 2020. The partnership combines CSL Bearing's protein science capabilities with SAB's immunotherapy platform, capable of developing and producing fully human polyclonal antibodies without the need for blood plasma donations from recovered patients. The therapeutic candidate, SAB-185, is generated from SAB's proprietary platform that can produce large volumes of human polyclonal antibodies targeted to SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. 4. Head of the Class, the Top-Selling Biologics Biologics continue to play an important part in the global pharmaceutical market. In 2018, five of the top-selling prescription drugs, as compiled by Evaluate Pharma, were biologics. These were Merck and Company's Keytruda, an immunotherapy for cancer, the number one-selling drug in 2018. AbbVie's Humira, an anti-inflammatory drug for multiple indications, the number two-selling drug in 2018. Bristol Myers Squibb's Opdivo, an immune oncology drug, ranked number four. Johnson and Johnson's Stelara for treating psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis ranked number eight. And Bears and Regeneron Pharmaceuticals' ILEA, for treating age-related macular degeneration, macular edema, and diabetic retinopathy ranked number nine. Five biologics share of new drug approvals. Although small molecules still dominate in terms of new molecular entities approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration's Center for Drug Research and Evaluation, biologics continue to make inroads. This article will continue in a moment. Support for this DCAT Value Chain Insights podcast is provided by Cordon Pharma. Cordon Pharma's mission is to strive for excellence in supporting global pharmaceutical and biotechnology customers with high-quality products for the well-being of patients. Through a growing network of CGMP facilities across Europe and the U.S., organized under five technology platforms, peptides, lipids, and carbohydrates, injectables, highly potent and oncology, small molecules, and antibiotics, Cordon Pharma experts translate complex ideas, projects, and processes at any stage of development into high-value products. For more information about Cordon Pharma's technology platforms, visit cordonpharma.com technology platforms. 6. Biosimilars – New Market Entrance Increasing biosimilar uptake is key for the current and future of the biosimilars market. A report in 2019 by KPMG, commissioned by Medicines for Europe, which represents generics and biosimilars developers in Europe, examined ways to increase the utilization of biosimilar, generic, and other value added medicines in hospitals, which among European countries account for the greatest share of healthcare expenditures, with medicines representing a part of those expenditures. The report analyzed the hospital systems and medicine usage in eight European countries. Belgium, France, Germany, Italy, Poland, Portugal, Spain, and the U.K. The report analyzed the differences between countries in the utilization of generic and biosimilar medicines in hospitals. Comparing value and volume market shares, originators and off-patent brands typically have a combined volume market share of less than 30%, whereas the budgetary impact of originators and off-patent brands typically exceeds 60%. The report identifies biosimilar-specific key ingredients for increased utilization in the hospital setting. These biosimilar-specific key ingredients focus on improving market access of biosimilar medicines by increasing awareness of hospital physicians, nurses, and pharmacists, implementing biosimilar target agreements and quotas, and by drafting guidelines on treatment switching. 7. Biosimilars and Interchangeability – The Market Impact two recent actions by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration may open up the market for biosimilars in the U.S. In 2019, the FDA finalized a guidance describing how biosimilars can achieve an interchangeable status, which means they may be substituted for the reference biologic without a prescriber intervening. An interchangeable product Is a biosimilar product that meets additional requirements needed to show that an interchangeable product is expected to produce the same clinical result as the reference product in any given patient. Also, for products administered to a patient more than once, the risk in terms of safety and reduced efficacy of switching back and forth between an interchangeable product and a reference product will have been evaluated according to information from the FDA. The FDA provided an example to illustrate this measure. For example, say a patient self administers a biological product by injection to treat rheumatoid arthritis. To receive the biosimilar instead of the reference product, the patient may need a prescription from a healthcare prescriber written specifically for that biosimilar. However, once a product is approved by the FDA as interchangeable, the patient may be able to take a prescription for the reference product to the pharmacy and, depending on the state, the pharmacist could substitute the interchangeable product for the reference product without consulting the prescriber. In a separate development opening up the biosimilar market, the FDA finalized a questions-and-answers guidance on so-called deemed-to-be-licensed products in March 2020. Under the Biologics Price Competition and Innovation Act of 2009, Congress created a 10-year timeline to prepare for the regulatory transition of biological products that were historically regulated under the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. In March 2020, the FDA began receiving applications for proposed biosimilars to these licensed transition biological products, including insulin products. Approximately 100 drugs officially became biologics under the deemed-to-be-licensed provision. Eight. Cell and Gene Therapies, Manufacturing Investments Although niche modalities, cell and gene therapies continue to be an active area of investment by pharmaceutical companies to add products to their pipelines and manufacturing capabilities, and for certain CDMOs, CMOs, to add capabilities. Among recent key deals were Roche's $4.3 billion acquisition of Spark Therapeutics, a commercial gene therapy company based in Philadelphia in 2019, Novartis's acquisition in 2019 of Cell for Cure, a CDMO of cell and gene therapies in Europe, from LFB, a French pharmaceutical company, which included a cell and gene manufacturing facility located outside of Paris, France, and the related adjacent land. Novartis's 8.9 billion dollar acquisition in 2018 of AveXis, a gene therapy company and subsequent FDA approval of the gene therapy Zolgensma for treating pediatric patients with spinal muscular atrophy, a rare neuromuscular disorder. Gilead Sciences, $11.9 billion acquisition of Kite Pharma in 2017 and subsequent manufacturing expansion at its facilities in California. Among CDMO's key recent deals were Catalan's $1.2 billion acquisition of Paragon Bioservices, a Baltimore, Maryland-based contract provider of viral vector development and manufacturing services for gene therapies, and its $315 million acquisition earlier this year of MasterCell, a CDMO of cell and gene therapies, and Thermo Fisher Scientific's $1.7 billion acquisition of Brammer Bio, a CDMO of viral vector manufacturing for gene and cell therapies. 9. Advances in Biomanufacturing Key trends include, one, wider acceptance of single-use technologies, two, a transition to smaller bioreactor tank sizes due to lower product volumes as biopharmaceutical companies target smaller patient populations and cell line expression is improving, and three, the adoption of next-generation production technologies, which include inline media and buffer preparation, single-pass tangential flow filtration and continuous multi-column chromatography technologies. Emerging technology advances include, one, continuous bioprocessing, two, related process intensification strategies with the aim of designing smaller volume processes and increasing manufacturing flexibility, three, at-line, in-line process monitoring to enable continuous bioprocessing and improve analytics, and four, modular bioprocessing facilities to reduce manufacturing footprints and also to increase flexibility. 10. Live biotherapeutic products, a new opportunity. 2019 also saw the entry of new CDMOs, CMOs, focusing on a niche modality, live biotherapeutic products. A live biotherapeutic product contains a live microorganism that is used for the prevention, treatment, or cure of a disease or condition, and their potential use has increased with better understanding of the link between human health and the human microbiome. Many of the microorganisms identified for the manufacture of live biotherapeutic products are obligate or strict anaerobes in spore-forming organisms and require specialized expertise in handling and cultivating the organism as well as specialized facilities and equipment. In 2019, Aranta Bio, a new CDMO that focuses on the human microbiome, was formed to provide live biotherapeutic products for microbiome developers by bacterial fermentation, isolation, drying, and encapsulation. Aranta is establishing late clinical stage and commercial-ready capacity at a new facility in Watertown, Massachusetts which the company expects to come online in 2020. Aranta Bio was founded by Mark Bamforth, founder and former CEO of Brammer Bio, a CDMO focusing on cell and gene therapies, which Thermo Fisher Scientific acquired for $1.7 billion in May 2019. Aranta Bio has since raised $82 million in financing, formed a strategic partnership with Thermo Fisher, acquired CapDesign a clinical CDMO for microbiome biotherapeutics, and established a Center for Excellence for Microbiome Development and Clinical Supply. Also in 2019, Lanza and Christian Hansen Holding, a bioscience company, announced an investment of $99 million for funding a new joint venture for a new CDMO in the live biotherapeutic product market. The joint venture, Bacthera, is headquartered in Basel, Switzerland, with production facilities in Denmark and Switzerland. Thank you for listening to the DCAT Value Chain Insights Podcast. A special thanks to our sponsor, Cordon Pharma, your partner for high-quality APIs, drug products, and fully integrated supply solutions. For more information, visit cordonpharma.com. This podcast is brought to you by DCAT, the Drug, Chemical, and Associated Technologies Association. All content contained in this recording is owned by DCAT or used with permission. This recording may not be altered, reproduced, or used in any way without permission from DCAT. For more in-depth analysis on the issues impacting the business of pharmaceutical development and manufacturing, subscribe to our podcast or visit www.dcatvci.org.